It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources. Uh, talk about crucial conversations. That's what we're going to get to in this segment. We're really pleased to have Laura Arnold, who is the executive director of the Utah Coalition Against Pornography. Welcome back to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Uh, it's it's that time of year coming up this Saturday. You've got your uh, 2022 conference. Tell us just a little bit about it. Our conference this year is called Discovering a Way Through, and we're recognizing that all of us have been through hardship in the last couple of years, and uh, this actually relates to the fight against pornography. People who are struggling with pornography need to discover their way through, just like we've been discovering our way through this pandemic. On our flyer, we have a picture of one of our beautiful slot canyons from Utah, and it's the concept of we've got to navigate our way through mm-hmm. challenging things. Um, when we were choosing the uh picture for the flyer we thought of having you know just the background of a person and we we realized we can't do that because it's one person has a lot of difficulty discovering a way through so we tried to do it together yeah that's so important it, it is especially dealing with pornography it is uh, the impact is also not just individual this is, impacts spouses and families and neighborhoods right. and communities in a big way absolutely yeah, you're right. Um, one of my favorite speakers that we have at this conference is a person who's a member of our board of directors for UCAP, and he's actually works as a chaplain at the state prison. Mm-hmm. And he asked some of the prisoners that he works with if they would be willing to share their history with pornography. Wow. And so, um, I, so we've titled that, uh, presentation that will be giving societal impact of pornography. Mm. So here's just one way that society is impacted by pornography and a lot of these people are uh, incarcerated because of sex crimes they've committed and they share their history with pornography. It's really interesting. Oh, that is that is fascinating. This is the first time you've been able to gather together in person again since the pandemic. Yeah, we're so excited <laughs> to see everybody again. Uh, so that'll be this Saturday at the Salt Palace. Yes. Uh, what time does it begin? Starts at 10 a.m. We're doing a kind of a condensed version instead of a full day conference like mm-hmm. we've done in the past. It ends at 1 p.m. Oh, that's perfect. That is great to get in there. You know, some people uh, will ask the question, you know, well, you know, pornography is pornography. And if it's just one person, you know, why should we all be worried about what one person is watching or not watching? Uh, how do you respond to that? I love the First Amendment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think that, that there are rights and we, we respect those rights. And at the same time, we can be aware of what the science shows, was, which is that, especially for children, early exposure to pornography is harmful. It shapes their sexual template. Mm-hmm. It often depicts uh, women being mistreated. So there's that problem. It uh, creates issues with body image, or I should say um, enhances the issues with body image that so many of us have already. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not helped by pornography and viewing of pornography. Uh, there are studies that show that marital partners who view pornography become less and less satisfied with their spouse. They find their spouse less less attractive and view their marriage as less successful. Mm. So um, sure, you can say one person views pornography and that's up to them and it is up to them. 
and we can yeah. recognize that there are impacts. Yeah, I love, we love to use the and. We are all about and conversations, <laughs> yeah, and, and that is exactly uh, spot on there. Uh, so as you as you look at the conference coming up again this Saturday at the Salt Palace, uh, I love this uh, idea of discovering a way through. Uh, that's really part of it. So who is this really for? Who's going to benefit most from the conference this year? Uh, well, everybody can benefit from it. Um, we have four tracks for breakout classes that people could go to, and these are the tracks that we tend to offer. So specifically, we have a class for people who are struggling with overcoming pornography themselves. There's a betrayal trauma class for spouses or partners of people who use pornography. There's a class for parents who worry about how to keep their children safe. And then, as I mentioned before, we have our societal impact class. So those are the four choices. I'm actually really excited about the two keynote speakers we have that are not part of these breakout speeches. We're beginning and ending with keynote speakers. Our closing keynote speaker is Utah native Noel Pikes Pace, mm. who is a silver medalist from the Winter Olympics in 2014. We love Noel. We love her story. I don't know if you remember her climbing over a barrier and hugging her family yeah. and saying, we did it when she won her medal. <laughs> I've been following her ever since then. I think she's fantastic. She is a perfect person to talk about discovering a way through because of the hardship that she endured on the way to winning her medal. Mm. And she was able to discover a way through. I don't know if you know that a few Olympics before that, she was slated to win a gold medal and a bobsled came down the track and broke her leg and she wasn't able to compete. And so she's sharing her story of hardship and overcoming and discovering a way through and comparing that to the struggle against pornography. And we we just think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, so it's such a crucial conversation. Uh, As you look at that and you look at the, the lineup for speakers and and resources. Uh, What is it that we're not talking enough about when it comes to pornography? Because sometimes we have this very broad brush. Pornography is bad. I think everybody can say, okay, fine. Uh, But what are the things we should be talking about, whether that's how it's impacting uh, young men, young women? Uh, There seems to be an increasing uh, trend there in terms of young women viewing pornography. What are the conversations we should be having? Well, it's a little bit funny for me to answer this because I talk about this all the time. So there's nothing yeah. that we should be talking about that I'm <laughs> not talking about. What should the rest of us be talking exactly. about? <laughs> well, uh, one study that I read in towards the end of 2020 said that just at, by that point, pornography use had increased about 11% since the beginning mm-hmm. of the pandemic. So maybe that's something to talk about. We all have spent a lot of time, you know, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, we were isolated at home, mm-hmm. more time in front of screens, working remotely. There's more anonymity. They talk about the three A's. Mm-hmm with uh, access to pornography. So one is accessibility, which we all have devices. We have the internet in our pocket. One is affordability. So much pornography is free. And the other is anonymity. And so those three things can contribute to the increased use of pornography. So maybe that's one area we can talk about more is recognizing this problem hasn't improved. If anything, it's escalated in the last few years. Yeah. And how should we, how should we best talk about that, uh, with our kids? What's the, what's the right way to frame that conversation so that your child isn't, you know, especially if it's a teenager that they're not immediately in that defensive posture of like, Oh no, here goes mom. Oh, oh, here goes dad. You know, uh, how, how do we have a different conversation about pornography with our kids? So this may not be exactly the answer you're looking for, but my mom always taught me if there's a thing worth doing, it's worth doing badly, mm. which means we don't wait until we're good at something thing to start doing it. And so we can start as parents knowing we're not going to nail it. Sometimes our kids are not going to enjoy the conversation. You know, we start younger than maybe we necessarily think we need to because age of exposure 
exposure to pornography is younger and younger these days. Mm. We start talking in open and carefree ways about our bodies and bodily autonomy and uh, use correct terminology. And we talk about the counterfeit for healthy sexuality that is pornography. So just do it. That's yeah. that's my answer. That's Good. how you do it. Just do it. Just lean in and go. Yeah. Yep. Love that. Love that. Laura Arnold is the executive director of the Utah Coalition Against Pornography. The event coming up this Saturday. I love the theme, Discovering a Way Through. And there is a way through. We'll be at the Salt Palace. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you again. Uh, such a, an important conversation to have in our homes, our neighborhoods, and community. And I love that Laurel pointed out the fact that this does impact society. Uh, and the way that they're framing that, I think, is such a, a crucial part of the conversation as we move through. And there are so many. Uh, this is not victimless, uh, as some like to make it. Uh, it impacts marriages. It impacts homes. It impacts children uh, and all of us in the community. And it's such an important topic and not one of the most comfortable ones to talk about. But we have to get comfortable having the uncomfortable conversation. Again, big thanks to Laurel Arnold, who is the executive director of the Utah Coalition Against Pornography. We'll go ahead and step aside for one last commercial break. Uh, when we come back, if Roe versus Wade is overturned, Democrats and Republicans are going to lose their hiding spot behind the Supreme Court. Washington Post columnist Megan McArdle is going to rejoin the program and talk about what politicians are going to have to do when they can no longer hide behind the Supreme Court. Don't miss it. Stay with us right here on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.